Well, I'm believing that you're having the best November yet. I believe that 2022 uh, has been great. I know that November doesn't uh, take away October's problems, but I hope that you feel that uh, you're seen. I hope that you know that God loves you and that he sees you and he desires you and he knows uh, everything that he created you to be. And he'll help you get there because um, what he created for you and your purpose is what's going to fulfill you in your life because it's for him. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited about what God's doing in your life. I'm excited about what he's doing here at Palms. You know, this weekend we have our one day. Uh, our one day is an exciting time. We get to give to what he's doing. We get to move the temple, so to speak. But our church is moving to a new location in January. Um, we've outgrown this space and it's been incredible to be here. But uh, our tents outside are full. Our uh, rooms are full in multiple services. And so we're really excited to just be able to go to the next place that God has. And he's been very clear that this is the next step for us. And so um, this weekend we get to give to that. And so I'm just asking, would you just pray and ask God, uh, put something on your heart to give sacrificially above and beyond your tithes and offerings to say, God, I'm trusting you with this. Um, and he'll do it. I want to read a psalm to you tonight that uh, really has stirred me. And it's something that for me, when I get in a busy season or I get into a place where I feel like sometimes I search for purpose. And, and you would think, well, busy to me doesn't mean things are out of control because everything in my life is planned. Every baseball practice, every football practice, every football game, every baseball game, even the things I'm not coaching, uh, every activity here at Palms, every activity that goes on in my house, uh, every vacation that I take, everything is planned. I don't do very many things that are just off the cuff, meaning, hey, this Friday and Saturday, I'm doing this. Um, partially because I have uh, uh, other things on the schedule. But the reason that for me, sometimes I feel like I struggle with my purpose is because in the midst of doing a lot and a lot of people's lives are changing, sometimes I feel like I'm empty. And it's not because I'm not praying. It's not because I'm not reading my Bible. It's not because I'm not in a good place with my wife. Um, it's that in our humanness, we need to be reminded. We need to hear from God. We need to, to, to be reminded that we're more important than the things that we're doing. And um, I don't say that in a way that I don't feel like that from God all the time. I say that in a way that I think that a lot of us, when we get tired or we cranky or we feel like we're just not in that place. It's because God is trying to, to do something through us and he's trying to show us how much he loves us. And he's trying to do all these things, but we're always worried about everything else around us. I'm overwhelmed or my kids are this. And Psalm 127 really puts it in perspective and it really put it in perspective for me. And what it says in verse one and two, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And it says, unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. And then I love verse two, it says, in vain, in vain, everybody say in vain. Come on, throw it in the chat, say in vain. You rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. So there's a lot to unpack here, but what he's saying is no matter what you do in your life, unless he's the one doing it, it's in vain. Saying you could build a corporation, you could be a Fortune 500 company, you could be a billionaire, but unless God's the one who built that, if you built that on your own ability, it's in vain. And I love the, the premise of this because we often think that, think that success and people say they're Christians means that God's hand has been on it. That's not what the scripture is saying. What the scripture is saying is unless the Lord is the one who has built it, we labor in vain. And then it goes on to say that it, you could toil, you could work from sunup to sundown, you could do everything right, and you could be the, the, have the biggest organization or the, one of the best companies or be one of the, have the most financially well-planned out lives, but unless the Lord's the one who built that, it's in vain. And I think it's important to know that building with God doesn't mean you know God while you're building. It means God's the one who builds and you're the one doing what he's asking. They're two very different things. 
And one of the best ways to know, whether, how do I know if I'm building something in vain? I, I love God. I feel like this is what he told me to do. Well, I think that's the first thing. When God's the one who told you to do it, it's not I, I feel like maybe if and, it's God has spoken. I know it. And you're saying, well, how do you know it? Because that conviction in your spirit, that peace that overwhelms your life. I know that God has told me to do this. I, I know that God has pushed me to do this. I know that he has called me to bigger things. There is this passion for the things of God. And when you think about the thing he's building or the thing he's asking you to build, you're not thinking about your success and your money and your reputation. You're thinking about him. You're thinking about what it's gonna do and how people are gonna come to know Christ and how people are gonna know that there's a God that maybe didn't know before. You're gonna, you're gonna know that what you're building, the product you're selling, whatever it is, maybe it's not a product that you feel is benefiting humanity, but the finances from that are gonna go towards something that God can build. Whatever it may be, you don't build it with you in mind, you build it with him in mind. That's the biggest way to know. But I think for a lot of people, they say, well, man, I get up early every day. I work hard. I get my workout in and I get my coffee. And then after I get my coffee, I get to the car at the same time and I drive to this place at the same time. And then I, I work to this time and then I work this time and I go work a second job. And after my second job, I go work my third job and then make sure my business is ran. I get home at midnight, I do it all over again. And we wear ourselves out and we wonder why are we not fulfilled? Because if you don't labor on the things that God's called you to labor for, then you're laboring in vain. And I think that we sometimes forget how successful we can be without God. We forget that we don't need God to make a lot of money. We don't need God to raise a family that looks successful. We don't need God to be billionaires. We don't need God to just make it. There is nothing about serving God that we need in order to look like we've done something significant in our life. And what this psalm is trying to tell us is that unless the Lord, I love the first word, unless, say unless, unless the Lord builds it, it's in vain. You know, some of you have probably had times in your life where you've done things, you've prepared, you went to school for something, you studied for something, you prepared for that thing, and then you get a job based on what you studied and what you learned. And then when you get the job, you just don't feel fulfilled you know that maybe God, you say, well, God's called me to it. And, and you say, but I just don't feel fulfilled. And so then you don't do anything. And then you're wondering, well, why am I not doing anything when I went to school for the thing that I don't like doing? And then I'm sitting here now and I'm not fulfilled. And I would ask you, did the Lord build the house? And now a lot of times we get defensive and say, well, of course he built it. I'm just in a different season. And maybe that's the truth. Maybe that's the absolute truth. But I think for some of us, the humility that it takes to look back on our life and look back into maybe degrees we've achieved or jobs that we've done or things that we've, we've, we've tried to accomplish and say, but was it God? I'll tell you my biggest fear. My biggest fear is the possibility of laying on my deathbed one day wishing there were things I had done. Not things that I had done because I wanted to do them, but things that I had done that God asked me to do that I didn't have the courage for. You ever feared something or had anxiety about something and then over time you end up doing that something? Maybe it's riding a roller coaster or going to a family function or speaking on a stage. And then once you do it, you're like, well, it might have been scary at the time, but I got through it. It wasn't nearly as scary as what I thought it was going to be. I wonder how many of us will, at the end of our lives, look back and say, man, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. And I wish I'd just done what God asked me to do. 
because I don't want to live a life where I, I, I don't. I remember as a kid, I had some anxiety and I, I went to this football camp and, uh, in, in eighth grade and I went to football camp and I was one of the, the receivers at this camp and I was doing so well and the first day I had to leave because I got dehydrated. I was sick coming into the camp and the second day I was so scared to go, I didn't go back to the camp. And so the running joke was, at the time it was like a $50 camp for two days, which was a lot in the mid nineties. And I remember the joke was like, that's the most expensive t-shirt because back then t-shirts were 15, 10 bucks. So I got this $50 t-shirt because the second day I didn't go to the camp. I was scared. I didn't want to go to the camp. didn't want to get sick again. And I remember letting fear control that. I also remember letting fear keep me from playing t-ball. Sounds crazy. But I remember these times in my life as a kid where fear kept me from things that I would really have enjoyed. And I know that those things didn't have no bearing on my life, so you think. But what I realized as I became an adult is there was other things I was starting to miss out on because I feared just like I did as a kid. And I was like, Lord, I need you to build this house. I need you to build this house, meaning me. Because I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to labor in vain with all of the things in my life, all of the holes. My, I felt like my psyche felt like Swiss cheese sometimes. It's all these holes. I said, God, I need you to fill these things because I obviously am not capable of doing what you've called me to do because of the fear in my life without you building it. And as I let him do that, I started facing fears and I started walking through things that uh, I felt this fullness. I felt like my life was heading in a different place. I felt like I was starting to do things I was scared to do. And this could go a million different directions, but really the, the question I want to ask you, and the, the title of this message is just simply, what for? But the question I really want to ask you is, work hard, but for what? You have purpose as a human. I don't care what your job is. And God, that's not what this message is about. God's not pointing to what our job is. What he's saying is it are you working for him or are we working in vain? Are we getting up early and we're, we're famous and we got our Instagrams going and we're, you know, look at these famous movie stars with their Instagrams everywhere and they're getting up and they show you how to work out and what to eat and what not to eat and what time to go to bed. And they're doing all of these things, but are they laboring for themselves? Are they laboring for God? Because at the end of their life, they're going to be forgotten. There'll be a history book with their name in it because they were a movie star. But what legacy are they building? Because if you build it for God, it goes past the time you die. In fact, I would say that when you build something for the Lord, your legacy is stronger once you go to heaven than it is when you're here on earth because of what you've been able to plant that starts to grow and those things start to prosper. Those things start to bloom. Those flowers start to look beautiful. What you plant while you're alive, the most powerful pieces of it, you'll get to see some of it, but what does the Bible say in Hebrews? It says there were so many people who did amazing things and never got to see the promise. They didn't get to see God do what he was going to do. They didn't get to see the, the, the things that they thought they were going to see, but they planted the seed to where generations after them, we are a part of those generations that get to, to see what God is and who, who he is and, and how he did things in our lives because of people that paid a price, because of Jesus that paid a price, because of people that were faithful. We get to receive the benefits of that. And the, the, the psalmist here, this is Solomon. He's the richest king ever. He's a trillionaire. He's got, uh, all, he had a wife that, or a woman that he loved, the Song of Songs. Uh, and he loved this woman. He talks about her. But then he, his heart starts to go awry and he, and he has all these foreign wives and his heart starts to go away from the things of the Lord. And this is called a song of ascent. And he's, he's singing this song. He's writing this psalm. And he has everything you could ever want. And he's telling you, unless the Lord build it, it builds it, it's in vain. He's saying, I'm, I have more money than anybody in the history of mankind, even to date. I have more things and more respect and more wisdom than anybody could ever desire. But unless the Lord builds it, it's in vain. You say, how do I know if God didn't build it? Well, I would say, how do you respond with trauma? How do you respond when the things are falling apart around you? Mentally. Because if you can't handle it here, 
then I would say maybe you've built some things in your life to support your mental health. And when those things aren't there, you realize that it was barriers around what's really there. Maybe you haven't allowed God to do the, the healing process. Maybe he hasn't really had the opportunity to do those things in your life or maybe in the, or do those things in your organization or maybe he, he hasn't had the opportunity to really uh, have you step out and do something that he's called you to do because you don't have the faith or maybe you have the faith but there's the fear. I mean, there could be a plethora of things and this isn't a guessing game. There's nowhere in the Bible you're gonna read that people didn't do what God called them to do because he never told them. No, people don't do what God calls them to do because they don't want to or because when they hear it, they do their version of it. Everybody says, how do you know if you hear God? It's not hard. You know we all have a spirit in us. There's a conviction. There's an excitement that comes with it. There's a, a push. You're like, I don't know why I want to do this, but this is what God calls me to do. And the goal isn't, let's figure out God's will. The goal is whatever you build, let God be the one to build it, and it changes everything. And the psalmist, he, he takes a turn here. You know, King Solomon, he says in verse three, he says, children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Bless the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. And what he's essentially saying is that the more directed your children are, and so we're talking about what we build, if we, if we let God build it, it's not in vain. If we let God lead us, it's not in vain. No matter how much, how, listen, you cannot say success equals God building it. Those are not the same things. They are not. I have watched people that are so successful in their life and they go and do great things that I can tell you, they know deep down they have chosen in a way that, that is not, sometimes easy. Easy. It's sometimes they just sat underneath of something that was already built and they just kind of rode the pine all the way and they ended up benefiting greatly in their life. But they know deep down that there is a fear that they have masked to step out and let God build something that only he can build. And so what the psalmist is saying is that your children, when they are directed, that direction will determine how far they go. We read this, we're like, oh yeah, well, I've got, I mean, I got four boys. So you're thinking, oh yeah, well, my quiver is full. You better believe it's full. It's full in the morning when they're going to school. It's full when they get off the bus in the day and they want snacks. It's full at night when we're doing dinner. I told Casey all the time, I feel like we're running a kid's camp sometimes with dinners and plates, and, but I love it and I love my boys, but I know this. My goal is not to raise them and to have them become good men and love the Lord. My goal is to have them be men of God who see what God is, but I direct them and I help them see where God has them and I help them know that when you get out of here, you got to run. I was actually thinking about this on the way here today. I was, I was thinking when, I, when, when Kate and my oldest, he's in sixth grade, and I see him doing so many great things, and I see his life, uh, God just blessing him, because I know Kate has such a heart for the Lord, and I, and I know that when, I'm not going to be that dad that when he's 18, I'm saying, well, son, you know, if you want to come home, no, no, I'm saying, Kate, you got to run. You're full of life. You're full of energy. You're full of leadership. God has his hand on you. You got to run, son. You got to chase after the things that God's put in your heart. Don't let fear hold you back, but how many of us as parents really direct our kids how many of us really push our children to what God has for them? Well, the reality is we don't know what God has for us, and so how can we push our kids to that? But we gotta push our children to the things. It doesn't matter. Well, my kid became successful, and he can take care of his family, and he's doing a great job. That's not what God asked him to do. What God asked him to do is to let God be his provider because that's when God builds the house. That's when God is the one who's directing it. I tell you all the time, and I said it a long time ago when I stepped out uh, and, and I started my own organization years ago and I traveled and I spoke as an evangelist, God said to me, I'm your provider. Not any event you do, not any church, not any supporter, I'm your provider. And I tell you, Palms Church all the time, listen, you're great, your giving is great, but that giving goes towards the city, it goes towards missions, it goes towards staffing, 
It helps us push the gospel forward. It takes the money into the storehouse, what it would say in the Old Testament. We bring all of our goods here and we disperse them to help the gospel go forward. It's what God asks of us, but the church has never been my provider. God's my provider. And I think if you say your job's not your provider, but God's your provider, it starts to change the way you think. And because what it does is it's saying, God, these aren't my finances. I'm not gonna hoard them, but the Lord is gonna build the house. And it pushes us to the things that he has for our life. But your children need to be directed because what the psalm is saying is that when you direct your children, that determines how far they're, they're gonna go. And so I really wanna, I wanna conclude this with a question, two questions really. The first one is this, what are you planting? Don't just spout, oh, I'm planting good seeds in my kids, I, I love them. No, some of you have reaped the benefits of good children and you weren't great parents. You weren't great examples. You had a problem with alcohol that you know, tore up your home. You had a problem with infidelity that tore up your home. Some of you had a problem with character that tore up your home, but your kids aren't those kids that you think they could have been because of your life. You say, well, how is that? And honestly, for a long time, I thought, well, that's just one of the great mysteries of what it is we get to experience. But I've realized that God's grace is good and that as parents, we can make mistakes and still have kids that go far and are directed. And so mom and dad, I don't want you to be overwhelmed by having to be perfect. I just want you to lock in to say, how can I direct them? The best way you can direct them, the best way you can do this is to let God be the builder in your life. The number one way to learn is to watch. And you can tell your kids, you can teach your kids, you can pray with your kids. But when your kids see that God is the one building your life, he'll let them build theirs. And the reality is a lot of you are gonna get frustrated with your children because they're doing things that you wouldn't approve of or things, they're living their life in a way you wouldn't live yours. But the reality is they're probably living their life a lot like you live yours. It's probably very similar in the way they do money. It's probably very similar in the way they hoard. It's probably very similar in the way they don't have faith. It's probably very similar. And what's gonna happen is your child is gonna get into a place in their life where you're just begging for them to have faith, but you haven't instilled that in them. You've instilled control. You've instilled faith that fits you, not faith that abandons you, but fits God. And then we want, we're gonna have a place where, oh God, I just hope my kid will see this. I hope my kid will submit to this. I hope my kid, I hope my kid, I hope my kid, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray. But have we instilled that in them? Because if we aren't letting God build that in us, it won't get built in them. Now, it doesn't mean they won't have it, but they're gonna have to learn apart from you how that's built into their life because it's not something that you help them see. Serving God is not the way that it is. It's them seeing you in a state where you've abandoned your control. You've abandoned the things that you desire. You've abandoned the things that you think are the right fit for the things that God says are the right fit. That's what changes. That's what helps direct our kids. You're not protecting them. You're keeping them from what God could be doing. And it's so important that you understand this because faith is meant to be fun. Is it hard? Yes. But it takes all of life's pressure, all of life's weight, and we place it on God and say, Lord, we, we believe you. So what are you planting? And I think 
we're always focused on the seed. When I ask this question immediately, you're probably thinking, well, what seed? If I'm planting, what's the seed that I'm planting? Is it a cucumber? Is it a zucchini? Is it a jalapeno? Is it, is it a tomato? What am I actually planting? Now, that's physical, but spiritually, you're thinking, am I planting faith? Am I planting uh, stewardship? Am I, am I planting love? Am I planting understanding? Am I planting kindness? What are you actually planting in the ground? And I think that's a great question, but I think the better question because we're always focused on the seed. But I think the better question is what have you done to prepare the soil? Because the Bible talks about the, the, the soil. Some, some seed falls on the rocks and it gets washed away. Some seed falls on soil that's it's not ready. And when a good rain comes, it's gone. But then some seed falls on soil that's just waiting for something. And you, that's the difference. Because you have to determine what that soil is. God, he's gonna, you're planting that seed, but are you at a place where you're those rocks that you're just not ready to hear it? It's gonna get washed away. Are you at that place where you're a Christian and you love God and part of your life is very obedient and very submissive, but there's a big part of you that's not, that you don't, you struggle with control, you struggle with holding on to things, you struggle with hoarding a little bit, you struggle with calling, you, you mask disobedience with success. And so that ground, the seed can be taken, but in a good rain, meaning a hard life or a big trauma or a big ordeal or a big fight or uh, a wave after wave, eventually you're just not gonna hold up because it's not what you think it is. You're not what you think you are. You are not the soil that is ready to really receive. Are you that soil that doesn't just say, oh God, I'm willing, but you're actually doing it. Your life is being built on the principles of God, but your life is being built by God. There's nothing in your heart that you're saying no to. You're saying, God, I'm in. This has really been the season that I've been in this past fall. We started our uh, Pups baseball uh, program and we had a 10U and a 12U team that we started. And so I was coaching every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, coaching both teams every Tuesday and Thursday night. We played doubleheaders on the weekends, mostly doubleheader on Saturday, doubleheader on Sunday. And then I also coached football, which I agreed to before we started this program. And I coach football on Wednesday nights and we play on Fridays. And so um, we, uh, we had practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, games on Friday, games on Saturday, games on Sunday for the last two and a half months. And I remember I feeling exhausted. And then I was like, well, why am I exhausted? Because I love what I do. It's not because I'm running around and I'm busy. The church is doing great. I'm still working on my doctoral stuff. And so I'm like, what is it that I, that's going on here? And I know most of you would think, well, I don't even know how you're doing this, blah, blah, blah. But no, no, I knew that God asked me to do this. I knew that it was right. I knew that it was the, the, the correct thing. And so I'm like, well, Lord, why do I just feel emotionally spent? I, I don't feel like I'm overdone. I don't feel spiritually like I'm extended. I feel like this is something you told me to build. Um, my wife and I had very, very uh, clear word from the Lord on, on, on how we're supposed to manage our life this fall. So, so God, what is it? And he gave me a very, a very clear picture because I know he's the one building it. And what he gave me the picture of is, Brandon, this isn't a planting season. You think in your mind, well, I'm just planting seeds everywhere I go. I'm the Christian that has the bag of seed. Plant seeds and plant seeds. And God, that's not what, I, that's not what you're doing here. He says, you're tilling. And tilling is very different. If you go outside and you have a, a rake and you're raking leaves, that's fine. Or if you're spraying weeds, that's fine. Or if you're pulling weeds, that's a little bit more strenuous. Or if you're mowing the grass, those things are all strenuous. But when you're tilling ground with just a, a hoe and a shovel and you're just trying to dig that ground up and you're hitting rocks and you're having to dig around it, it's a very different type of building. And what God showed me is, Brandon, you're not planting seed. You're still tilling ground. Meaning what I'm doing, you're just preparing the ground for the seed that's gonna be planted. So I think we have to know what stage God has us in. And I think when we go through things knowing what got us here, 
Was it because I, I wasn't, I'm just tired during the tilling season? Is it because the planting's happening, but the rain hasn't come yet? Is it because the rain has come and there's a harvest and there's just a lot of success and a lot of things? I'm trying to manage it. And the, listen, success is hard. The growth is as hard as the tilling. The tilling takes time and getting the ground right. The seed being planted is a process. But then whenever that seed grows, harvest season is the busiest season for farmers. It's the one that you work from the time the sun comes up till it goes down. You have a certain amount of time to get all the harvest off of the fields and to make sure that the ground is right and make sure that you're ready for the next planting season. Every season, the busyness doesn't change. It's not like, well, this is the season where we get to go and hang out and go to the ski slopes and enjoy life. It doesn't work like that. But when the Lord builds it, we're not building in vain. Unfortunately, when we build in vain, those seasons aren't as fruitful, the harvest isn't as great, the ground's not as fertile, and the seed's not what God's planting. And I'm believing that God's gonna plant something in your life, he's gonna do it in your, in your kids, he's gonna do it through you, but you don't have to worry about what that looks like. All you have to do is say, God, build it and I surrender. And he'll speak to you, and he'll do it. And your kids will be directed because they've watched your life. It all comes back to obedience. God, I will. So I just wanna pray with you. We're gonna go back in and we're gonna, we're gonna, have a, uh, we're gonna sing it. And this is what I want you to do. I'm gonna pray, but I want you to take a minute when we go back into this worship. And I just want you uh, to close your eyes and to just let the Lord speak. Because I believe that tonight, some of you are gonna feel the weight that's lifted off and you're gonna feel the Lord has been with you. But you're, maybe you're just, you're trying too much to be the, the harvester and the planter and you're determining what seed's being planted and how the ground's being tilled. And you haven't really let God build it, but you're ready. I think for others, you, you are letting the Lord build it, but there's still some parts that you're in control of that he wants to take back control and he's trying to help you with that. And I think for some, you've really never known what it's like to live with joy and hope and freedom because you've always just built and wondered why the success hasn't been different. Or you've built and success has been great, but you've always wanted for more and been left unfulfilled. God's gonna do all of it. And he'll direct your family. Your obedience is where it starts and ends. That's all God asks. That's why the Bible says obedience is greater than sacrifice. Don't take the weight of the world or your family or this season of life on you. Let God build it. Don't worry about the strenuous activity and all the jobs you have to carry and all the time you have to get up and the way your day has to be so methodical. Let God build it. And he'll do it in a way that only he can. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray over each and every person. I pray over each and every family. God, I just pray that they would see that you are the great builder. You are the great construction worker. You are the great foreman. God, you are the great architect and that you're building things that will blow our minds. They will be greater than anything we could think, ask, or imagine. They're greater. It'll just make us completely numb to be able to respond because of the great things you're gonna do. And I just pray that we would see the things our heart yearns for, if they're of you, are from you. God, the things that are about you are from you. The things that that are, that are pushed towards you are from you. And I pray that you would help us to differentiate between what's us and what's you. And I also pray that today you would help us to see that God, you are the builder and that we're not, we don't have to labor in vain. I pray that you would help us to see the things that we're laboring for right now that you haven't asked us to labor for or the things that are in vain saying they're not meant to produce fruit because you haven't put us in those positions. God, for the things we've labored for that have had success showing us, God, that's not even what I've called you to do. And what I have for you is greater than anything that you've even already seen. But God, for some that are they're laboring and there is some success and they feel overwhelmed by it, that they would be able to see whether or not this was you. And it, God, if it was, what's the next st step look like? I just pray that wherever we're at in any of these situations, we could pause. And we could say, Lord, I don't want to labor in vain. I want what I do to matter. Not just for me right now, but for generations to come. Because God knows the things that you do, they're not temporary. They're eternal. And Lord, we're believing for it. 
And I just thank you for it. I just pray that you would help settle every heart, every mind, and that every one of us could submit to you. We love you. And we need you.